Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new week and a new episode of Real Talk About Feminism. Today, we are talking about the sweetest girl that reached out to us. Yes. And we're going to share a little bit of her story. And I'm so excited. This is a very special episode, you guys. It means a lot when we hear from our listeners how much they enjoy the show or how much they connect with us. And this was one of those times. And I'm really excited to give her a voice and share her story. Yes, me too. So before we get into it, we're going to do our obsessions, like normal life updates, um, and then we'll get into it. So yeah. Okay. My obsession is we've mentioned we moved into a new unit. And in our old apartment, we had no windows Mm-mm. besides in our rooms. And now in our unit, we have living room windows with the most beautiful view. And I can't tell you how much of a difference it makes mm-hmm. because I don't feel like I'm locked in a dungeon anymore. Mm-hmm. We can actually sit out in our living room and vibe and hang out. And we don't feel like crowded or yeah. claustrophobic in any way. Imagine the difference for me working from home. Totally. Like, it is so much nicer. I genuinely feel like, especially in the wintertime, like, because I know that I get, like, seasonal depression anyways, but, like, it was bad. I feel like it was, like, low-key seasonal depression year-round. Yeah. So this is so much better. Because it feels like winter year-round in the apartment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's a really exciting obsession. That's also, you know, I'm obsessed with it too, but I have something that I need to put you guys on. Okay. OG listeners know, or maybe not OG because this was like low-key kind of recent, but when we were obsessed with that show on Hulu called The Parent Test. Oh my gosh. They need a new season. And yes. And we were heavily promoting that. Um, They needed to sponsor us. Yeah, they did, honestly. Because like, who else was watching that show? Let's be real. (laughs) I don't know. But... I am obsessed with the show Claim to Fame on Hulu, another Hulu show. Um, Yeah, we should get Hulu to sponsor (laughs) us. Um, But it's called A Claim to Fame. Kevin and Frankie Jonas co-host it. And they're like, they have a good dynamic. They're like funny and, you know, they have a good stage presence, whatever. Um, But basically everyone on the show, it's a competition. They live in a big house. I think it's the same house as The Bachelor because it looks the exact same. Um, but they're living in this house and everyone on the show is related to someone famous in some way, whether it's like their dad, their uncle, their aunt, their mom, whatever. And so the whole time, all the other contestants are trying to figure out who their claim to fame is and basically eliminate them. The person at the end gets a hundred thousand dollars. And the whole point is to show like that, like for them to make their own name I love that idea. Yeah, and so I like how Kevin and Frankie Jonas host it because Frankie is not famous, but, like, he came up and did his own thing, so, like, it's so fun. You have me at Jonas Brothers? Yeah. So I will be adding to my list immediately. Yeah, no, it's fun, and it's, like, I was telling Ken's, it's, like, a light watch. Like, I was around the house doing some work yesterday, and I just had it on in the background, and I miss, like a few good chunks but like I didn't I wasn't like confused like I wasn't lost like I didn't go back and watch it's good to have a show like that yeah it was super fun so I I binged seven seven episodes (laughs) last night but it's good are they 20 minute episodes or 40 I think 40 oh 
All right. But like I said, it was just on while I was doing stuff. So yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my obsession. Yeah, you mentioned The Bachelor and a couple of days ago. We haven't watched The Bachelor in, in a years. few years now. Yeah. But we did go through a phase where we were like Bachelorette, Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, mm-hmm. everything. And I was sitting on the couch working on podcast stuff, actually, and my boyfriend was playing video games. And I had said something about The Bachelor randomly. And then I literally went on a 30-minute talk about it and I was giving him the lowdown on like the Colton and Cassie drama and I was like talking to him about Hannah and Dylan and I was like I still follow them because they're so getting married this month yes so I was just telling him all about that and then after I was like oh I was like I actually had a lot to say about that for not having been invested in a while no literally like when you texted me that I was like why do I kind of I want to watch the Golden Bachelor what's the Golden Bachelor it's like I have not followed anything. No, like I haven't franchise. either. But I've been seeing. I haven't either. Wait, everything with Chris Harrison too. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, but the Golden Bachelor. Um, it's he's. I think he's like seventy, and his wife passed away, and so he's oh. trying to find love again. But it's like for older people, and he seems so sweet because I just keep getting ads on TikTok. And why do I kind of want to watch it? I have not seen anything about this. No, literally, I've been seeing people on TikTok that are like, okay, I've been done with Bachelor Nation, but why does this seem so sweet and wholesome? Not for me, but let me know how it is. I, I might watch it, but anyways. So. You love to give shows a chance. Yeah, I do. So. I do. And I like reality TV, so. Yeah. Why not? Speaking of TV, can we just talk about the Barbie movie? Because we have not talked about it. We're going to do a whole episode. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Once it comes out on Amazon, I'm buying it and I'm watching it over and over again. Because I've been listening to the soundtrack. Like I'm obsessed with it. I just felt reawakened, honestly. Yes. I was like, I want to get back to my girly roots. And I want to not feel like I can't do that Mm -hmm. because of society. Yeah. So, yeah. I definitely think that that was such a great movie. And that's another obsession. Okay, you guys. So... Like we mentioned, this is a really special episode. So um, just to state beforehand, we got permission to share all of the things that are said in this episode, share her name, her age, where she's from, everything like that. Um, So today we are talking about one of our listeners. Her name is Patricia, and she's 26 years old, and she's from England. So we got an email from her. this last week. And she basically shared her story about being a woman on the spectrum, a woman with Asperger's, and kind of like the stigmas surrounding that. She really wanted to highlight that as a woman with Asperger's, she is a feminist and she can have those feminist views and feminist beliefs. And just because she has a disability does not mean that she's different, you know? Right. And so she, I I like the term that she used. So we're kind of going to refer to, use this term throughout the episode, but she talked about like normies. So people who don't have a disability um, and how she can be just like normies. Like it doesn't have to be this big stigma. It doesn't have to be this big thing. And so we want to talk about it. What stuck out to me was how vulnerable she was. And she really wanted the message to be out there about how we're all just people. 
Mm-hmm. And there doesn't need to be so much hate, so much negativity, so much stigma towards people who are on the spectrum and people who have disabilities just because that's the way they were born. Right. And they're never going to be able to change that. And why aren't we accepting of that exactly. collectively as a society? So I really appreciated her reaching out and being vulnerable with us and sharing that. And I'm going to cry for some reason. It's okay. Literally, when I was prepping this episode, I was, like, in tears. I just don't know why. Like, lately, I've just been seeing so much hate in the world, and I'm so tired of it. Mm -hmm. And I go back and forth a lot thinking about when I want to have kids, and it would just be so hard to, like, bring a kid into this world in today's day and age with, like, so much hate going around. So, wow, I, I was not crying when I was reading her email or anything, but... That just hit me so hard. That was so emotional. So anyway, it's a very good topic. I'm excited we're talking about it because I want to give her a voice. Yes. And this is something that needs to be said. We're all just people. So get ready to be crying again when we read a poem that she wrote. <laughs> um, but genuinely, like, it, it, I think it's just because, like, normies like me and you we don't think about these little things that she brought up like dating dating and just like being in the world we don't think about that yet they like her being on the spectrum like and maybe having to wear headphones if it's she specifically talked about that if it's super loud in public like and people staring at her like why like what makes us like what who sets the standard for normal so we're going to kind of chunk this episode a little bit we're going to talk about some questions that we asked her and her answers um she we're going to share her poem that she wrote which is very very powerful and then she specifically wanted us to talk about um dating safety um because she highlighted that how um dating on the spectrum is can be really dangerous so we're going to talk about that as well. So those are kind of the the three big chunks, but we're going to get into it. So something that I think she just summed up very well in her initial email to us um, and kind of just sharing her story. We're going to read the quote. Do you want to read it for us? Sure. Men and girls don't believe that people like me can be feminist or have feelings about dating, how it is hard and that we can be taken advantage of over the simple things and everything, and I would really love for people who listen and follow you to learn that people with learning disabilities and mental health issues are the same. I would want people to know that we have a voice too, just because we may not look or sound like what I call normies. So I think that sums it up, kind of like what we were talking about. Um, So that is what inspired the episode. So we did ask her a few questions, and um, the first question we asked her was, Um, what is one example of a time you felt you were taken advantage of on a date? Because this was really a big thing that she talked about being taken advantage of as someone with a learning disability in the dating world. And like, whether that's going on dates or a long-term relationship, that was something that she really highlighted. So, um, this was her answer. While I was on a date with my ex, I felt taken advantage of in the aspect of him not understanding I need to get to know someone before being touched or even holding hands. He didn't like that, so he did it anyway. 
Also, I told him I couldn't count money, so he took more than something would cost or tell me I owed him more than what I already paid. It was only later that I realized when telling my parents that I ran out of money. So that's really sad. Um, and I, when I was doing research with like dating on the spectrum, that was a big thing because like the sensations, you know, like, um, your five senses that can be really hard for people on the spectrum. And so of course, like if you're dating or you're in a relationship and you have a hard time with touch anyways, and normies, you know, like that's seen as a normal part of a relationship in society, Mm -hmm. like being affectionate. And so something as simple as holding hands to me might not seem like a big deal, but with, for Patricia, it was, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And so that was really sad to hear that her partner just did it anyways. And so that was kind of something that made it, it was almost like eye-opening for me because like we look at simple things like when we meet up with people like that we haven't seen in a long time or friends or family, whatever, like you just go in for a hug. Mm -hmm. But those simple things might be difficult for people, maybe not even people on the spectrum. And so I think just being mindful of that in general and kind of normalizing, like asking for consent, like, hey, can I give you a hug? That will, I feel like, help reduce that stigma for people that do have a harder time with that. Yeah. And that's so hard for me to do because it's a normal part of our society. Right. But it is more inclusive and it takes you 0.2 seconds to think about that. And you're providing someone with a safer space. Right. And like, you're, it's not like if you go to hug someone, you're doing it out of like bad intention. But I think it is just a good point to think about. The second question we asked Patricia was, do you feel people interact with you differently in social situations if they feel you have Asperger's? I want to rephrase that question. Like if they know you have Asperger's, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you feel like people interact with you differently in social situations if they know you have Asperger's? Patricia said, they act as if I have a deadly virus or that I won't understand conversations, so they talk down to me. And when they don't know I have Asperger's, they will talk about my people, calling them the R-slur, which is very offensive to us. So when I tell them my condition and that I come from a family with conditions, they treat me differently from that moment on literally awful it's sad and she highlighted that she feels like they talk down to her when they find out that she has Asperger's but just because she has Asperger's does not mean that she's at a different mental level less than than in any way yeah she doesn't understand she needs to be talked to so no like if she's literally a person, she just processes things differently. Mm-hmm. I feel like assuming that, oh, we need to act differently around anyone who is different, that is really detrimental because I think like, like, yes, we need like awareness and we might need to like not play super loud music around people who might struggle with that or um, change things up a little bit, but I feel like the immediate, like, oh, um, you are so different and immediately treating them so different, like is so detrimental. And I think personally, and maybe this is inaccurate and maybe 
it's different for everyone. But I feel like if they need something, they will tell you. Like, I feel like the immediate, like, oh, they need special care. Like, no, Patricia is a normal adult. And if she needs something, I feel like she will say it, you know, she doesn't need to be talked down to. Right. I feel like that can be hard to navigate because you don't want to make it a big, obvious thing. You also don't want to directly tell them, let me know Mm -hmm. how I can make it comfortable. Actually, I feel like that's a good way to say it. Let me know how I can make you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. But you can say it in a normal way, not like, I know Mm -hmm. you struggle with this, you know? Yeah. Or, Or like, hey... I know that you have Asperger's like, like that, like that's like talking down. You can accommodate people in a way, like you said, like, is there anything I can do to make you feel more comfortable? And if there is, then they'll tell you. And if there isn't, then just move on. And I feel like by you saying that it makes a safe space because I can imagine it would be hard to ask to turn the music down or I don't want to hug you or I just want to go in my room. I'm overstimulated. Mm -hmm. Those are all some normal things that we see with people on the spectrum. So I'm trying to think of ways that could possibly come up. Right. And like, you can always, I feel like a good thing. I like that you said that. I feel like a good thing is like, Hey, is there anything I can do to make you feel more comfortable? If the answer is no. Okay. If there, if anything changes, let me know. Yeah. And And then you just move on. Yeah. And you just move on. It doesn't have to be a big deal because they aren't people. Right. And we just want to make it a more comfortable environment. Right. Like, that's it. They're, they, mm-hmm. That's it. So that that made me really sad when she said they act as if I have a deadly virus or that I won't understand conversation. Because Patricia is probably like smarter than me, you know? Like, it doesn't mean anything. Right. It doesn't define you. It's just a characteristic about you. Right. Exactly. So I like the way you put that. Another question that we asked Patricia, and I, we love hearing everyone's perspectives, what does feminism mean to you? She said, feminism to me means that women are equal to men, but women on the spectrum deserve to be treated the same way, and that just because we are, are not good at some things doesn't mean we are worthless. Why am I going to cry again? <laughs> I believe we all belong. Guys, I got to get through this. I'm sorry. So... This kind of made me feel like at when we were at one of the women's marches, like when Roe v. Wade was overturned. And I remember seeing so many different types of people. Mm -hmm. That's why we liked it, because it was so many people from different backgrounds who are all there for the same reason. Mm -hmm. And it it makes me sad that. It's obviously an issue and there is like discrimination unintentionally maybe intentionally sometimes but she doesn't feel like she has a place in any group and the thing is like feminism is for everyone and like she said no matter what everyone's differences are everyone has a place and everyone belongs and so it makes me so sad that like this movement that like we are so heavily involved in like everyone deserves a place. And so we need to be more mindful of that and be thinking like, does everyone feel included right now? Like, how can we make it a more inclusive environment? Because feminism should be a safe space for everyone. 
that's a core aspect of my feminism beliefs is it is for everyone. And that's why intersectional feminism is a really important focus because it encompasses everybody. And I feel like people, women on the spectrum get left out of that mm-hmm. and people with disabilities. And that's a really important group that's often marginalized for sure. Yeah. The last question, what is something that normies may not know about Asperger's? She said, normies don't know that Asperger's can vary in different forms, that we aren't interested in dating, or if we are, that it has to be very old fashioned, which leaves us feeling lonely, or people who just want to be friends. We wish they knew that you can ask us questions. Some of us don't mind if you ask if there's anything they can do to help us in a situation. Okay, so that's what we were talking about. Right. So I feel like almost like breaking down the stigma of, oh, they're so different. Because like she said, and and if they don't feel comfortable answering a question, they'll say that. Right. But like she said, ask us questions. And like ask how we can how you can make us feel more comfortable like there's nothing wrong with that communication right I feel like this can be applied to anything like I've I've had this conversation with my boyfriend like ask me questions about my divorce yeah it's everybody has something something where it's kind of like walking on eggshells but if you just put it out there if I'm not comfortable answering a question I'll tell you right but I am open to talking about it with you. Right. It can be anything in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And I also really liked that she highlighted that dating, like that connection, because we think about dating and like we think about all the affection and physical touch and all of that. And so for her to point out that like if she is interested in dating, it has to be taken very, very slow. And there has to be that communication. And so that's also something important. Like, don't feel like, and I know this is easy to say as a normie, but communication in dating should be very normalized, especially when you are going on dates and getting to know people. I just think, I just really like that she highlighted that because again, like for anyone in general, There's nothing wrong with communicating when you're dating. You should be communicating and advocating for yourself. And if you don't feel comfortable with that communication or you don't feel like safe with the other person going slow, then find someone you trust that can kind of help you guide, help guide you through it. Which can be very discouraging in today's dating world. But I truly believe what's meant to be will be. You'll find your person. You'll find who you're compatible with. And the right person will respect all of your boundaries. Right. Exactly. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, BetterHelp. It's 2023, and it's time to really prioritize our mental health this year. No matter where you are in life, everyone can benefit from therapy. Whether you need to work through trauma or just need a safe person to talk to, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp is the world's largest online therapy service. Get matched with a professional licensed therapist in your state who you can trust. BetterHelp has options to communicate with your therapist via chat, email, or video, and you can message them at any time to get help. BetterHelp is giving our listeners 10% off if you sign up using the link in our show notes. If you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, or just need someone to talk to, try BetterHelp today by clicking the link in our show notes 
or go to betterhelp.com slash rtafpod to get 10% off today. So this is where we're going to read Patricia's poem. She is a poet, and so she sent us this. And we're just going to switch off reading paragraphs. Nope, I cannot, so please read the whole thing. Okay, (laughs) so I'm going to be reading the whole poem. It is so – I was going to pull pieces from it and for us to just discuss, but it is so powerful and genuinely gave me a whole new insight on the world in general. I'm not joking. And so we want to give Patricia a voice and share her beautiful words with the world. Um, So we're going to read her poem. Or I'm going to read it. (laughs) I'm sorry, Best, you know, Asav. It's okay. I'm going to try not to. Okay, so this is Patricia's poem. Look, just look, can't you see? That's what people like me hear all the time as the voices of people's judgments and others floats loudly in the air, none being discreet about it. They look at me and people like me. They see the world has been hard on us with our battle scars to prove it. So we do not wish to show off or attention seek. We just merely want to get by in this world. We wish no judgment, nor do we judge others. We hear your comments about us, the way we look, the way we sound different to you, the way we don't act according to society's rules. We follow the rules we know on how to survive. Getting by with your judgments, your comments, and criticisms about our way of life. But that's not denying it's a hard life, but it's a happy one. We will go into a room where its music pierces our ears like the pressure building up on a hot stove pot. We cover our ears to hide the pain. You laugh at us. You look at us as if we are the ones who don't belong. I mean no harsh words when I say this, but who said you are the ones who act the way is correct for today's social standards? Who said you are the ones who get to rule the world and we get to sit in the corner, whisper no words, not one movement? That time stops now. My people go back hundreds of years. They were seen as odd, delayed outcasts. My people discovered the way which gravity works, how we stand on earth but float in space, understanding the laws of motion. We are proud to sing and play just as was the man who composed music, to my knowledge, is still played and taught this day. And finally, one of the most known people in history, the man who gave us physics. People would look at him and believe him to be of no use to them. But little did they know, just these few people have changed the world. The future of my people will continue. We will not hide in your shadows. We will ignore the enemies of this place and show what we have to give. Okay, before we continue with the rest of the poem, there's a few things we want to highlight. I, so this is my first time hearing this or reading this, but I love how she gave some history as to people we all know. Like, I know everyone she's talking about in here. Yep. And they were on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because you think about going back even 30, 40, 50 years, and there was not much known Mm -hmm. about developmental disabilities. And we all know often they're so freaking smart Mm -hmm. and they have made the world a better place. And I really love how she highlighted that. Me too. I loved that. And also I, at the beginning, starting out with look, just look, can you see? Like, it's almost like she feels like a spectacle for people. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like if she's in public and like she said, like the music is piercing her ears and she covers her ears, then it's like, oh, look at her. Like she's, why is she doing that? That's weird. And that like really broke my heart because like that, the way she put it makes it feel like she feels like a spectacle. Right. So that's how she started off the first section. This is how she starts off the next section. Look, look, see it? I know that person. They are special. Did you know what they did? And that really got me because the difference between the beginning and that part, like she wants to be looked at as like, look at that person. They're so amazing. Look at what they did. And not like, they're so weird. And that really broke my heart. Patricia, girl, you are getting us. Can we get through this? Yeah. So we're. I'm going to continue. Do you want me to try? It's okay. I can, okay. I can do it. You can do it. You got it. <laughs> so she starts off this next se- section. Look, look, see it? I know that person. They are special. Did you know what they did? Now I will leave you with this thought. This is a world where it can be a difficult place to learn who you are. How your life will be. You just didn't know it, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start at the beginning. I'll take over. Okay. <clears throat> oh, I can't do this. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Born into this world, being told you were a healthy baby and there was no need to worry about anything. Years go on as you grow. You find things different to the other kids, not understanding their jokes, their body language, the situation where even as a child, you are beginning to not feel like your peers. The sun goes down, then comes back up. Time after time, you are now a young adult trying to understand the rules of relationships, the social standards more demanding than you ever imagined. Your peers are more social, more advanced in ways that you can't function. You feel left to the side as the world around you moved forward, but you were too scared to ask why you see things, these things hard. Then it hits you. They tell you that you are different from others, that you need more help, and you won't be able to do some things you may have wanted to do. Your world has been turned in a way where now you are even more confused. More change to come just as you begin to understand your new balance on the scales of life. The world trips, you fall with it. You see red in your eyes, but it isn't anger. You're in and out of the world not knowing where you are. The pain in your head so bad you don't know how to make it stop. Then your body tenses and spasms out of your control. You can see, but you hear everything. You want the body shaking to stop. It lasts for what feels like a lifetime. Once it finishes, the flush and rush of pain shooting from your head to toe, you don't know why this is happening, what you did to deserve this. What will you do to make it go away? Recovering from your world being turned all over the place, things seem to be getting better. Less pain, more positive. Awaiting you, the one who owned your heart, he knew for time his decision he was about to make. He breaks your heart, breaks it in half. You're left feeling alone, even though you are surrounded by your loved ones. They comfort you, telling you that time will heal these wounds. You take your time, you breathe, you learn to live with the new life. Your disability for things you wish you could do but can no longer achieve. You learn that it's okay, it will get better. Being told you're normal, feeling different than it takes... Being told you're normal, feeling different, then it takes an accident that the world may have meant to happen to show you how you need to live. Yes, it is different to others, but it's life. It's what you make of it. It's still worth living, still worth breathing. You are different, but you are who you are. 
be proud. Round of applause. That was Patricia Gurley. That was beautiful. Um, I might need a cut. We might need a minute. <laughs> Give us a minute. We'll be back. I want her to get that published because imagine how many people it would touch and how many <laughs> people would feel how we're feeling now. Mm-hmm. So, Patricia, you need to get this published. <laughs> the way that she put it into words yeah, made me feel like I could understand a little bit like it was so insightful for a normie yeah you're right my perspective has changed yes because oh and like this is just proving the point like she's just a person like it was so beautifully written Mm -hmm. so beautifully written like oh I I just that touched me yeah and for anyone who is on the spectrum or has a disability or is just struggling with mental health or anything like that. At the end, like, it was so beautiful how she said, your life is different, but it's so worth living. And you are different, but you are who you are. So be proud. And it, like, our differences make up the world. And I'm so sorry to anyone who is different, who has been made to feel less than by the world because we need to do better and even these simple things like she was talking about like dating or existing existing trying to exist yeah and like being stimulated by the things all around us and people looking at her differently for that like there's nothing why 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 do we do that You know, like we need to be better because there's nothing wrong with freaking wearing headphones in public and living your life. Like literally I sometimes will just put on my headphones and there's no music playing. Like if I'm at the airport, I do that. It's relaxing. And it is relaxing. It's like these simple things, like we need to be more understanding about them because it's, it's not different. It's really not. Like we need to be accepting and it's just I could just go on forever about it but Patricia you really do need to get that published it was beautifully written I think we should definitely talk about dating on the spectrum that was a big thing that she talked about and I can't imagine like she's in our demographic Mm -hmm. and dating is already so hard hard. so hard to navigate and not to trash on men but they kind of make it difficult okay right so, so <laughs> yes, and and dating on the spectrum is a little bit different. So I was doing some research and there were some tips and in go, go look in the show notes because there are some great articles that I referred to. Um but there was a few different things that they brought up that I think were really good. So one of the articles said If you are on the spectrum and you're going to get into the dating pool, consider the following questions. What are your sensory sensitivities? Think sounds, touch, smells, taste, visual. And if you are on the spectrum, then you know what that, what your sensitivities would be. So thinking of your sensitivities, what does it feel like inside when you have a sensory overload? What sensations do you feel inside your body? How does it impact your mood? How does it impact your ability to listen, think, and talk? 
What can you and your partner do to help alleviate your sensory overload? What is your social battery like? What kinds of social interactions exhaust you? What do you need to do to recharge? Which daily tasks can overwhelm you? So think about those things and then discuss those answers with your partner so that there's a clear understanding. And this is where I was thinking about it. And I was like, okay, that's great if you have a long, like have a partner. Mm -hmm. But what about when you're like going on a first date? Right. Like you don't, you might not necessarily want to like, okay, for example, I feel like I can kind of relate to this. Like when I was in the dating pool and thinking about my sensitivity around touch with being a survivor of sexual assault. And I was always like, okay, I don't want to overshare and be like, touching is really hard for Mm -hmm. me. Like, please don't on the first date. But what I did was if it was on a dating app or, you know, you're going to communicate with someone beforehand about the plans and everything. So whether that's over text, over a dating app, whatever, I would just always mention beforehand, by the way, physical touch is hard for me. So please just don't do that on on the date. And you can say that. And you can say There's that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. So I, I was kind of trying to think like, how can you combat that if it's like a first date? Because those things are great when you have a partner. Definitely. But so like, I feel like communicate that. And if someone's going to be like, um, okay, cancel that date with them because they don't even deserve your time. No. They don't deserve to breathe the same air. No. Or be in the same space as you. No. Another thing that I was trying to think of, like, okay, how can we combat these things? Um, Consider having a safe person that you can go to, whether that's a family member, a friend, a therapist, like anyone in your life. And then you can go to them for judgments on your partner. Because that was one thing that Patricia said in the email a lot that like she couldn't, she didn't pick up on these things that were toxic or abusive in her relationships. Mm-hmm. And then her parents were the ones that told her like, um, he's taking your money. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe it would be helpful to have that safe person to go to and you could be like, hey, am I missing something? Is there something I'm not picking up? Mm -hmm. You know? Yes. I think that's a really, really good tip. And someone who you feel like is going to be really honest with you. Right. Who cares about you and wants the best for you? Right. Neurodivergent women are at a greater risk of abuse or assault. So we're going to talk about some safety tips specifically for people on the spectrum people who are neurodivergent, that will help you stay safe, especially when dating. I also feel like these things are just good for like even neurotypical people mm-hmm. um, in general, but these could help you if you are neurodivergent. So be open. And this was what um, one of the articles said in the show notes. They said, be open about your autism and how it affects you. This is a quote. When you're dating, you're looking for someone you can trust. And if someone isn't open to learning more about autism and accommodating your needs, that may not be the right fit. Before meeting up with someone, communicate to at least one trusted person where you are going. Your safe person. Mm -hmm. If you feel uncomfortable, leave. So some examples, try to flag someone down to help you if you're nervous. If you're at a bar, most bars now have like signs in the bathroom, like If you're nervous, order an angel shot and we can escort you to your car or call the police or whatever. Call an Uber. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a a really good one. Don't feel pressured to do anything physically. Communicate what you're comfortable with or if you're comfortable with anything at all. This is difficult, but it is important. And something I think is helpful to remember in dating, you don't owe this person anything. 
you are just looking to make a connection and some people are looking to just take advantage of you. Exactly. So that's where like, I feel like texting before the date, that was what I found to be the most helpful because I didn't have to have like a face to face, like make it this big thing. Right. You know, like I could just text. And if I didn't feel like they were giving me the vibes of like, of course, like no problem at all, then I wouldn't go on the date. Right. You can suss it out. And just because they say that doesn't mean in person won't be different, but at least you can go into it with some peace of mind. Right. Right. So with that, just kind of the dating tips, hearing Patricia's story, I wanted to end on a quote that she gave us. So Patricia said, I want girls on the spectrum to know they are not alone and there is always help. And to be a feminist is more than okay. If anything, it is best for us because it shows that we are just as strong as everyone else. I love that. I think that's perfectly said and a perfect way to end. Patricia, if you're listening, thank you for sharing your story with us. Obviously, it touched us. Yeah. Um, I hope this episode so everybody could take something away from and give you a different perspective on how some people in this world live and some of the challenges they face. And let's just all love each other more. Mm-hmm. Let's just spread more love and positivity. Be accepting. Be open-minded. It really is not that hard. No. And I think it is a good reminder for everyone that we do all navigate the world differently, no matter what. Exactly. You and I navigate the world differently. Right. We have similar, if not pretty exact backgrounds. I mean, yeah, we grew up together. So, so So, yeah, but even, yeah, we navigate the world differently. Mm -hmm. So I think just being accepting and listen to people's stories, the way that we're going to learn is listening to people. Mm-hmm. So hearing like the these beautiful words in Patricia's poem, like she is someone who we can learn from so much and I will never experience the world how she does and I'll never experience the world how you do. You know, like it it doesn't matter everyone is just a person, right? And everyone can be said. a feminist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so with that being said, thank you Patricia. We're sending so much love to you. We are going to close this episode. Please look in our show notes. We have all of our socials, all of our information to connect with us. Please share the show with a friend. Share this episode with somebody who might need some encouragement, a little more love. Or might just need some insights. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.